Welcome to the Prez Paul podcast, a place for us to engage and hear honest and curious dialogue about Nazareth College and the people who are at the heart of who we are. Our focus this year is on change makers. Nazareth was founded by change makers and has been educating change makers for nearly 100 years. Our change making mission is to develop and engage students in working for social change. Today, we're discussing a wonderful course at Nazareth and a wonderful initiative, Hitting the Road, Journeys in American Literature. In this course, half of the students are campus-based here at Nazareth and half are based at Groveland, a men's prison south of Rochester. This course, taught by Dr. Ed Weltsy, Professor of English and Communication at NAS, is in partnership with Reggie, the Rochester Education Justice Initiative at the University of Rochester. Dr. Wiltsey's work is part of a growing national movement that advocates for access to higher education for all as a pathway for equity and social justice. In fact, Dr. Wiltsey has been a leader in advancing this movement since starting the jail project at Nazareth over 20 years ago. Through the jail project, some 380 NAS students have connected with some 550 individuals at Monroe Correctional Facility for life-changing learning for all. Other NAS faculty have also offered courses in prison, including Dr. Christy Fessler in psychology, Dr. Anna Gomez-Parga in English and communication, and Dr. Leanne Charlesworth in social work. Dr. Wiltsey's new course advances this work by engaging students at NAS with students at Groveland as learners together in the course. The launch of the course was challenged by the COVID pandemic, but true to Nazareth's ingenuity in the face of COVID, Dr. Wiltsey adapted the course to every extent possible. This semester, Dr. Wiltsey goes into the prison classroom each Tuesday night and connects using video conferencing to a classroom on campus where the Nazareth students assemble and the two groups of students engage in discussion, conduct group projects, and more. So it is truly my honor today to be joined by Dr. Ed Wilsey, who is Professor of English and Communication and who has been teaching at Nazareth for 23 years and in a variety of local jail and prison settings for 20 years. We're also joined by three current students and one past student enrolled in the Hitting the Road course. Alec Goldemer is a senior who is double majoring in education and English literature. He's also part of the student veteran community, spending five years in active duty in the United States Marine Corps before coming to Nazareth. I'm very grateful for your service. Emily Densler is a Nazareth senior business major and communications minor. She's a social media coordinator for the Center for Life's Work located on campus and is always reading in her spare time. Joe Rossi is a former Rochester Education Justice Initiative student who was part of the first combined class in fall 2020. He was working towards his associate's degree before being incarcerated. Upon re-entry, he earned his associate's degree from SUNY Herkimer in January 2021. He's now set to graduate with his bachelor's degree in historical studies from SUNY Empire, and Joe plans on pursuing his master's from SUNY Empire in the near future. And we're also joined by Maddie Dovey, who is a Nazareth senior communication and media major and English minor, a freelance journalist, artist, barista, and founding member of the Nazareth PRSSA chapter. Maddie recently accepted a full-time reporting position with the Daily Caller News Foundation covering the U.S. Justice Department. 
I can't tell you how excited I am by our conversation today. Thank you all for joining us. I'm, I think we're in for a very thoughtful conversation, so thank you. So Dr. Wiltsey, we'll start with you. This course is truly an inspiring, transformative learning experience for all involved. And you are truly a pioneer in the higher education and prison movement. So tell us a little bit about how you became involved and more recently, how the Hitting the Road course developed. Thanks for those kind words. I started 20 plus years ago with a course that I was teaching at NAS about crime and detective fiction. And uh, um, I had been teaching the course for several years and it was popular and well-received at NAS. But as I began to learn more about the 40 year long US incarceration binge that's led to the conditions we now describe as mass incarceration, it seemed unconscionable to go on teaching a class in which the narratives keep ending with the slamming of the cell door as the end of this uh, story and the solution to the problem without engaging with the reality that for many individuals, that is not at all the end of the story. It's the middle or even the beginning of a story that is a different story we need to tell. And as an English professor, I'm very mindful of the ways that the stories we tell shape our view of the world. And so it seemed to me that I could work with my NAS students to develop a different set of stories. So we put prison literature into the course syllabus and we began to go to the jail to meet with uh, folks who are locked up there to talk about the books for the, which we provided to the students at the jail. More recently, with the help of uh, colleagues at different institutions around the Rochester area, and especially at University of Rochester, we've built Reggie, a prison education program that offers degree programs at uh, Groveland and as, uh, also at Attica. And so uh, we've begun offering courses there, uh, standalone courses, uh, up until the combined class emerged. And with the advent of the combined class, we've had the first opportunity for anyone in Western New York to study uh, with campus-based students studying alongside incarcerated students. And so we've done that now, for, we're currently doing that now for the second time. And uh, the students who are here will speak much better about that experience than I could. That's really powerful. I appreciate how much you uh, reflect the Nazareth mission to ensure that we're bringing all voices forward and that we are lifting all, you know, as a place that is very much committed to equity and equity-minded leadership, you're demonstrating that with this initiative. And I'm really very grateful for that. It makes me very proud to, to be part of NAS. So one of the things that I have noted about this program and that I think is really quite special about this recent advancement that you have made is that the students at Groveland truly are part of the NAS community now. So can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Sure. And uh... That, that's a recent change. When Joe took the class two years ago, the students who were based at Groveland were enrolled in a parallel class that I was the instructor for at University of Rochester. But thanks to the hard work and uh, um, initiative of our colleague in the registrar's office, Alicia Collins, now the students at Groveland are enrolled on the same uh, course list as my Nazareth-based students, and uh, they will all receive the same NAS credit and then we'll issue a transcript that transfers to Genesee Community College, which issues the associate's degree that, that uh, the students at Groveland are all working toward. So we are all NAS in this room and, uh, um, and that's special. I love that. That is very special. I, I, I love how you have persisted at keeping this advancing over this time and making sure that we're, we're doing all that we can do. I really do appreciate that. Emily, I envy you for being part of this course. I, I love that this course draws students from different majors, different interests, 
you are a business major. So what has this course been like for you? It's definitely been interesting. I knew that um, last semester I was in a literature class with Dr. Wilsey, and I actually found out about this class through my roommate as she got like the email from being a psychology major. And I went up to Dr. Wilsey and kind of said that I wanted to join the class. I I joined business as a major because I just didn't want to come undecided. So I knew I wanted to explore like other classes and stuff. So I thought this was really interesting. Um, it has been a little like it's a little hard to walk into a new setting of like all English majors and minors where like they all have inside jokes about like um, the professors they've had or like authors they've yeah. had. But um, it was it was definitely interesting. I mean, we made it known that I was the only business major. We kind of made a joke out of it. So it was really just a great environment. Um, and Dr. Wiltsy is great too. He he's checked in with me multiple times to make sure everything's going well. So it's just really great to collab with different perspectives. That's terrific. You're you're all the better for it. I I think the more that we can have people who are intersecting and, and uh, crossing boundaries, the better. So I appreciate your, your sharing, your experience. And Joe, just to make it official, as a participant in this course last year, there is no doubt that you are part of the Nazareth community and we are very glad that you are with us today. So thank you so much. I appreciate that, thank you. Absolutely. You must be really happy to hear how the course is continuing and the new changes that are taking place. I'd love to hear from you how the course has impacted your life when you took it back in 2020. Yeah, I was I was like curious. I asked, I remember I asked the professor yesterday on the phone one of a couple of questions. I was curious. I even when I spoke to Dr. Friedenberg, like only a couple months after I came home, I was like, what's going on with it now? Because like it's funny when I came home in like November of uh, 2020, like I'm going to answer a question. I'm sorry, but like it, it was weird, you know, because COVID hitting was different, a lot different when you were locked up as opposed to. And so I didn't see that locked. I didn't see any of that. I, I just saw it from like, yeah, I saw the news and everything, but it was kind of weird coming home to it. So and I, I was talking about how we I had to continue like I was getting I was getting stuff like mailed, mailed, uh, sent back and forth. And, and I was doing it, you know, it worked. But it, it's just such a big contrast when I first like started it, started the college program there and uh in December, like December 2019, January 2020, right before COVID hit. And that that was the in-person experience that about that lasted like what, like maybe four to like eight weeks until like March. And then everything just uh everything shut down, obviously. But for the college program in terms of like we were wondering, everybody was wondering, like, I wonder what's going on with it. But it was relatively based on the circumstances, I think it was relatively quick because we started getting packets in the mail to do our work. I don't even think it was a couple of weeks. Right? I mean, maybe he can confirm that, but I don't even, I don't think it was that long. And, you know, I, I, I was behind there, you know, time flies not as fast <laughs> anywhere else. I'll be honest. So I don't think it, it went, we got, I, like I'm saying, I, they got the ball rolling quick for this like remote stuff. And so we're able to finish the spring semester. COVID continues. So it goes into the summer semester, but I remember there was like, more, I already could tell it was kind of getting more, it was obviously getting more sophisticated the way the packets were coming. We were going like to this, uh, the building that it was in the Peterson building, I think it was called. Right. And we go there for the, but we still go there to pick up the work and come back. And it was like, it became weekly or bi-weekly. It became like so consistent that everybody, I mean, I feel like most of the students I remember from were getting used to it. They were doing it. I didn't say like, if it wasn't successful, like obviously it wouldn't be. Successful. So I thought it was like, I, I was impressed to see how it kept going. And I went home in the fall 
And obviously I kept that. I w- at first I was like, am I even going to roll in the fall semester? Cause I'm going home in the middle of it, but which was cool. It was able to work out. So that That's was cool. So and so I finished that. And yeah. when, when I came, so when I came, I think like, I mean, I was still in the fall semester. So I was in the fall semester in jail and at home, which I thought was cool. Even though at home, like, cause I was on parole, like I'll just say that I was on parole for the next year so. At first, I wasn't allowed to use like email or in, or a lot of social like internet, which didn't really last because like come on, it's COVID era. They didn't really like, and I started taking online classes. But I was getting it through the mail, but it was it worked. So, but that that's why it, like when I ended that semester and I started in January, like I was able to get my associate's degree with uh, Mr. Friedenberg was actually he was like really instrumental and in, uh, getting that done at the last minute, getting these like credits I got like I needed like six more credits for my associates I was almost gonna complete it before I got locked up and so I was able to get it right like in January and start at SUNY Empire for my bachelor's and that like literally at that same time so it all, all kind of happened uh, very quick as assumed to you know I did two years so I came home in December and got it it made me happen really quick and thanks to the I mean if I wasn't doing that college program I, that obviously wouldn't be the case so that, that so that's outstanding yeah, I really appreciate your sharing your experience of that. You know, the I think that's the essence of this program, right? You are you des- you are deserving of an education. You are a person who is a learner and learning is valuable no matter your circumstance and to hear how you have been able to just transcend all of that and continue with your learning. I'm I I'm very proud of you. I think it's really very exciting and I'm glad that this course was able to work out for you during the pandemic. I think it also Um, you know, as I said in my introductory remarks, I've been pretty amazed here at how, you know, we are just so committed to what we do that we weren't going to stop at nothing. You know, we, we just found ways to continue this work. And I'm, I'm, I think that says a lot about the passion and the commitment that defines Nazareth. So your story of that experience really captures that beautifully. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Alec, I hear you are working on a group research project, including both NAS and Groveland students, and I would love to hear about that project. Yeah, so for about the last, I would say, seven to ten weeks, we've been working on a research project where, you know, it's a, a mixed cohort between the NAS students and our Groveland peers. And uh, when it first started, it was kind of intimidating because um, Dr. Wilty kind of put it out there, gave us free reign, and he was talking about you know, the preconceived notions that both cohorts of students have, and it's kind of intimidating when you start to mix there. But within that, we were able to find, you know, things that were of great importance to both cohorts. Um, so my group's research focuses on, you know, the notion of reentry or reintegration back to society. And this was of great importance to me. So as a military member, I did this myself and um, I saw what like a volatile time it was and how vulnerable I was. And it's really interesting that within American society and you know greater society, um, the notion of reintegration into like a once familiar society is really secluded to people that are in the armed forces coming back from deployment and people in corrections populations where they are limited to a traumatic, isolated way of life for extended periods of time. Um, so basically where we were looked and researched, how can we help mitigate this problem? What we found was that you know this this moment of great elation and joy is often plagued with disachievement and um, just overall burdens and obstacles. Um, and because of this, you know, both veterans and priorly incarcerated people are placed at insur- insurmountable odds 
you know, suicide, addiction, homelessness, incarceration or reincarceration. Um, and sadly, one of the, the biggest injustices of this is, is that there's a, because of the global war on terrorism, there is a massive infrastructure and system already in place for veterans where they get this continued support pre, during and post reentry. But the same system and structure that could easily be applied to uh, people reentering out of incarceration is not applied. So these people that are, you know, going back out into society and have a lot to contribute aren't receiving that same support. Um, so basically, we what we focus on in our research and kind of coming to a conclusion is that one of the biggest things that is necessary is family support and how easy it is to provide this family support through information, through counseling, but it's not happening. So the simple things of like having a strong social network, having some financial support can do just that, support the, per, the person, the incarcerated individual, and you know really work at integrating them back into society in a productive and advantageous manner. That is incredibly powerful. I appreciate that you're drawing the parallel and I also appreciate that that you have found the the personal connection through that parallel. What really strikes me is that um, you know there's another overlay here, which is the pandemic. And in some ways, what we're all facing right now is this idea of reintegration um, from this very unusual time that we've all just lived through. So it's it's really interesting how you're finding the parallels and the points of interconnection um, with those dynamics. That that sounds like a fabulous. A fabulous project that has a lot of um, real world value, I, I can imagine. And Maddie, as a journalist, this course must be really interesting to you for your learning about what goes on in the criminal justice system. I'm wondering if the course influenced your choice to report on the U.S. Justice Department in your new job. And it's very exciting to hear about your new job, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, without a doubt, this was one of the major inspirations. I was offered the opportunity to become a reporter and offered the even greater opportunity to choose the beat that I wanted to cover. Um, and I decided immediately that I wanted to report on the Justice Department because I think that the events of 2020 showed all of us that there is so much change that has to be made in legislation, in police training, in the way that we relate to one another um, and the huge wave of social advocacy that we saw in the wakes of the unfortunate and tragic deaths of Daniel Prude and George Floyd, um, it just spurred a change in all of us. And I really wanted to take this class before that happened because I had heard about it through Dr. Wiltsey having him uh, over the years in various classes. Um, and I was counting down until I got to take it because I knew that it was going to be a worthwhile experience. And it has been wonderful finding the similarities with others on the other side and, and realizing that there are so many more similarities between us than there are differences. And there, I just, I really want to bring justice in my own way through reporting. Um, and as of recently, I've been promoted to associate editor, um, but I wow. accepted that contingent upon the fact that I would still be able to report on the justice department because I think the work is that important and needs to be covered without being sensationalized or politicized in any way. This is a social problem, not a political one. And there's so much change that still has to happen. But I think that our generation and even the generations before are really just making the effort to take a stand and speak out. And especially Nazareth um, has done a great job about 
um, bringing awareness and, you know, adding courses that address things like inequity and racism. And, and we have to check our own biases and see how those biases are serving. And it's each individual job just as much as it is the group position. Um, but yes, hitting the road was absolutely a huge influence on my decision to cover the U.S. Justice Department, without a doubt. That's outstanding. Love that. That's that's really very inspiring. You know, I can I can feel the commitment and the um, the involvement oozing from all of these students, Dr. Wiltsey. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the level of commitment you experienced from the students, uh, both at Nazareth and Groveland, through this experience. Sure. Uh, one of the fantastic things about teaching uh, students who are incarcerated is the amazing drive and desire that they evince in every way. Um, most of those students are coming from an eight-hour shift on a spot welder or working in other prison industries or buildings and grounds or whatever it may be. Sometimes they have to choose between having a shower after work and having dinner. Um, and then they come once a week for a three-hour night class and they are just in it from the first to the wow. last moment. And that's a remarkable thing to, uh, to be inspired by. And I've seen over the years, my Nazareth students be inspired by uh, the work of their incarcerated peers. So I was never uh, in doubt that, that students like Emily and Alec and Maddie were going to um, just thrive uh, under, under the kind of inspiring and, uh, and remarkable commitment that their peers uh, on the other side of the Zoom uh, events. The connection that Alec made between the uh, re-entry from incarceration and the re-entry from military service was actually something that emerged in a class discussion when Tyrone, one of the Groveland students, uh, stopped the conversation by remarking on the similarity that he perceived in a short story we were reading about, written by and about uh, the experience of a Marine in Iraq coming home from war. And uh, as we all marveled at the similarity of the connections that Tyrone ha had made during class, that was the birth of this uh, research project that Alec and his cohort have been engaged in for the last seven weeks. It was amazingly inspiring to me and clearly to you as well, since you've built your research project around it. Excellent. I love that example. And Alec, that must make you feel, um, must make you feel good to know that that work has been so uh, inspiring really in, in both directions. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, I would love to hear from each one of you what your biggest takeaway has been from this collaborative course. And Joe, I'm going to start with you. Hi. Okay. So my biggest takeaway, if I had to pinpoint anything, I, I know I, like I said a lot in the last one, but obviously the biggest takeaway is the importance of uh, improving upon oneself through education. I think, you know, regardless of uh, uh, serving time or wherever you are in life, if you find that opportunity, which I saw there, it, I, I thought it was definitely the most worth it being incarcerated in all circumstances, you know, because it, you know, it helped me facilitate continuing my education right off the bat as soon as I got out. You know, I think it's a very good uh, path to take. You know, at least in, at least in my experience, in my opinion. So that's excellent. I am very proud of you for participating in that, and I know that you've been inspiring to others because of it. So you should feel a great sense of accomplishment in in that inspiration as well. Maddie, how about you? Reading is one of the most powerful forms of resistance, I think. Um, every single one of the stories that we've read this semester have focused on some journey by the main characters, whether that's spiritual, whether that's literal, um, whether that's mental. 
Um, and there's just nothing like classic discussions on literature and seeing the different takes that people have on specific stories and how that resonates with them. And I think that you find, you know, despite the different paths that everyone's life is on, you always are going to find more similarities than differences. And that's what's going to break down the barriers and the stigma. Like Joe said, you know, improving oneself through education is amazing, but it's just as much of a group improvement and that spreads out like a ripple effect. Um, so I hope people continue to take this course and that it only continues to grow and that more colleges adopt programs like this, because I think that's going to be one of the biggest um, and most impactful forms of resistance that there can be. You're here, well said. Alec. I would say the biggest impact, and you know, it's kind of going off of Maddie's, but it's the idea of, you know, we, we talk about social justice and reforming our society and being an education major, I'm in, you know, the Teaching for Black Lives study group. And we continually talked about the school to prison pipeline and we're looking at it, you know, at the elementary adolescent age, but the reality of it is, you know, if that's the tip of the spear, we still have to contend with everything else that's beyond that. That's the repercussion of our, you know, systemically racist society that we live in, right? So it's taking that punitive discipline that we see, turning it into a restorative discipline and kind of shaping it. And programs like this, um, opportunities like this to build confidence and to build, you know, a, a view outside of yourself, learn about cultures and identities that aren't your own you know, on the back end of the school to prison pipeline is so important to disrupting the whole system, you know, the whole system of racism in America. And I think it's often, you know, as Dr. Wilty said, you know, he was reading these books and it ends when you close the, when they close the jail cell door, but you know, that's, that door is going to open again. And how we address that when that happens is imperative to having, you know, well-rounded community. Absolutely. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, so for me, it's kind of about getting new perspectives. Um, and I never would have gotten it if I didn't take this class just with the environment. And it's really, I think it was really important that we explored like the biases around incarcerated individuals. Um, we had, we talked in class, we had this discussion, we kind of, um, we like picked out the biases that like people have against incarcerated people. And then we picked out like the biases and the stereotypes of like college students. And we kind of like talked about it and like broke it down. And it's just, it's just nice to like lay it out on the table and be like, oh, that's so like not true. Like my group members for my research project and like the other students at Groveland have been nothing but nice and sincere. Like they're fantastic people to listen to with these books. And it's just been great to see them every week. It's a great point. I, I really appreciate the, the 360 perspective. It's a great point. And Dr. Wiltsy, I, I hope you're feeling uh, inspired by these wonderful students. I know you have been all semester, but this is really, um, this is, this is a, a very moving transformational learning experience. What, what are you taking from this experience right now? Well, just picking up on the last thing that Emily said, uh, we, we, have, we have stereotypes about college students too. And, and so the students on the outside, uh, some of them are coming from eight hour shifts in various kinds of jobs as well. Uh, and so the assumption that their lives are all, uh, uh, you know, sort of parties and, and, uh, um, and fun and uh, that, the experience of a modern campus-based college student 
um, is one that uh, is quite different from the sort of, I don't know, Animal House movie inspired stereotypes uh, of, of yore, right? And so given the ways that the Nazareth students are, are struggling as well, uh, both uh, before and especially during COVID, um, I'm continually inspired by the way that they rise to the occasion that they uh, are motivated and inspired by the Groblin students and vice versa. And the whole thing winds up being just an amazingly inspiring collaborative environment uh, in which students take the literature seriously, they take each other seriously, and they do amazing work. This is truly a celebration of humanity. I feel that. And I appreciate very much your leadership of this movement at NAS and your inspiration, I know, of others across the country in moving in this direction. Uh, it definitely has been a growing movement, especially in the last few years. Um, and it's really heartening. And I'm delighted that we are a part of it. It's heartening to see that we're moving beyond, um, I, I don't know what to call it, but you know, just the episodic let's just open a line of communication to know these are learners and everyone deserves an education. Uh, we need to work to help everyone have access to a life transforming education. And we need to ensure that it's not just an episodic interaction. It's not just one course. It actually leads to a degree because that's what's going to help with social mobility and with, again, with, with lifting all. So I'm, I'm really inspired by, by what I'm hearing from all of you. And it is a wonderful Nazareth Changemaker story. There's no doubt about that. And I'm excited to see what each of you does with this, this transformative experience that you've had. We've heard some glimpses of that, but I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how that takes you on your path of life's work and uh, really in, enriches our community for it. And I know it will. So I'm very grateful to each and every one of you. Thank you for your time today. And I appreciate all who are listening. Thank you for listening.